Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. It was a great night. The fans were ridiculous. The 12s were so good tonight. God damn, they were great. Uh, and I'm so, so pleased that we could give them a game like this and they could have that much fun. And they even, we have to win the game on, on three times with those timeouts. So each time we won a game again, then we won a game again, then we won a game again. It was great. So uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't bugged by that at all. Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. It is noon on Peacock, but it's 5 o'clock somewhere, Jay Croucher. I am Matt DeBerry. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour, served by Applebee's. And Pete Carroll's all fired up. Seemed pretty happy. He seemed very he? happy. He seemed very happy. Do you think it's because he won a game that he had no business winning? I think so. Is it I because he's just like, I made so many bad coaching decisions in my career, and yet Nathaniel Hackett came here and said, oh, I see those bad coaching decisions, and I won't up you. Slight dig at Nathaniel Hackett as well in yeah. the first game about really being happy about the decision. We kind of got one there. Yeah, yeah I think uh, he's pretty happy to win that game. Yeah, yeah, it's like Russell Wilson cannot, like, Russell Wilson is not evaluating, like, you know, chess masters when it comes to his head coaches. But, um, yeah, Pete Carroll won an O. Oh, 84% of the tickets were on the Broncos spread, minus six and a half. 93% of the Broncos money line. Seahawks defeat the Broncos 17-16. This is why they call it betting. Yeah, and that's one thing to always look out for because every man, woman, and their dog was on the Broncos last night at minus six and a half, and then the line moved towards the Seahawks and it closed at six. And that's you, always a red flag. You're the, you're the head trader at PointsBet, and you've been there doing that for five years. And I, you heard you said every man, woman, and dog. Have you ever actually seen a dog place a bet? I've seen a dog place a bet, yeah. I've seen someone so discombobulated by their own gambling losses that they were like, they get their dog and just like choose one, choose over or under oh, really? on okay. Javante Williams rushing yards. So that's really that's just somebody forcing a dog to yes. make a bet. I mean, I just uh, I was just, I didn't know if like because there's sometimes like you know people they get maxed out or they yes. get they get limited and so sometimes they're you know and so you suddenly like well wait, Spud <laughs> Spud Smith is enter you know like whatever you know yeah, Barky Magoo um, whatever you know. I see where you're going. Right. Man. I don't know if they, they had the... done that, too, as well. But I, I like the fact that you've seen dogs make bets mm. or cats make bets. Fantastic. They take all comers at points bet. That is according to Jay Croucher and no one else associated with this program, just Jay. Uh, all right. Let's get into the fantasy analysis of this. I thought, I thought this game last night was good and bad on so many levels. Mm. On so many levels. Let's start with Russell Wilson, obviously. He's the headline Coming back to Seattle, his former team, revenge game, hashtag revenge game, all that narrative. I thought, here's the good. They let Russ cook. Yep. 42 pass attempts, 
tied for the ninth most in his career, over 40. He finishes with 340 passing yards. He gets a touchdown there, as you see it there on your screen. Uh, but one passing touchdown, zero interceptions. Um, so I thought that was the good. The bad was they didn't run. They, you know, he didn't run specifically. One rush for just two yards. The offense as a whole looked discombobulated. And when they got in close, I mean, one of the reasons Seattle got out of this game, you know, uh, with a win, is that both Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon at different times literally fumbled on the one-yard line yep. into the end zone. So on one hand, you're like, okay, so, I mean, just so many fluky things happened for Seattle to win that game. One of which is that. That most, especially, you know, Melvin Gordon has a fumbling issue, but between the two of them, like one of those guys should have converted. The Javante Williams play as well. That was fluky because it was right at the end of the play clock. No one seemed to know what he was, they were doing. Right. And then immediately just gets tackled and stripped. So that was bad Right. Luck. Once again, poor coaching didn't really kind of look ready for prime time. They didn't play together in the preseason. So maybe there, you know, there's some kinks and rust in that. But they were handing off the goal line. Yeah. They just paid Russell Wilson a quarter of a billion dollars. And you're handing off of the goal line. Well, so, like, they paid him a quarter of a million dollars and they're not going billion. for a fourth and five either. Quarter I, of a billion. Bill, yeah. I, mean, yeah, I mean, we can talk about the end of the game here in a second, but uh, where are you on Russell Wilson as a fantasy quarterback after that game? He finishes as QB 14 for the week, 17.8 fantasy points. I still think the most important thing is that he had 42 pass attempts tied for the ninth most in his career versus only 20 rushing attempts for the Broncos. And that game, despite the fact they were always down, it was never out of hand. It was never no. that they had to pass the ball every single play. So I would read into that. I think the bad element is that he just didn't look very good out there. Yeah. And I know it's week one. I know his stats, the volume stats, they looked they look fine. Good passer rating, all of that. But he didn't really look that good out there. But for the Broncos, you know, macro, what I'd look at is that they had to fumble twice at the one-yard line and also had to completely botch an end-of-game situation to lose by one point on the road. They, they should have won the match. They should have won it pretty comfortably. So wouldn't be too worried about Russell Wilson and the Broncos, particularly in a pretty weird and emotional spot week one. I, I think that's the big key here. He hasn't played all season. He's coming back to Seattle. He's actually getting booed. I think the first time he's in his life he's ever been booed. Why is he getting but, booed? I mean, I, well, that's a whole thing. I mean, what are you doing, Seattle? Come like, on. He has bailed your ass out so many times, Seattle. And for you guys to boo him, I get it. Once the game starts and you want to make, you want to create noise, um, I, I get that. I get that. But when he walks out of the field, that's a guy that brought you a Super Bowl title. That's a guy that has been so great for that community. Like, he's everything you want in a football player, you know, in terms of both production on the field and how he embraced the community and, you know, all the goodwill he does. Like, we joke a little bit about his, his, his aw shucks, good boy nature, but that's him. Like, yeah. he's genu genuinely a good human being. And so, like, Seattle, who, by the way, the 12th man is in Texas A&M, College Station. <laughs> Seattle literally has to, I swear to God, this is true, Seattle has to pay a royalty to Texas A&M University because they stole the 12th man moniker. Like, they stole it. Like, they couldn't come up with anything original. Right? And so, so these, these wannabe 12th mans are sitting there, you know, the, the, they, they have ripped off their, their identity from a college team and a college town. They've ripped, they, so they have a stolen identity, stolen valor, and you're booing Russell Wilson when he comes out of the game. Again, I get it. You want to boo him during the game and try to, you know, and, and try to help your team win the Seahawks win. Yeah. And they did a good job of that, by the way. I mean, there were some false starts. There were some there were some uh, delay of games on the Broncos as well. I mean, the, the the crowd in Seattle did a good job during the game. Credit there. But come on, man. Like, what are you doing? Not good. And also, in bad look. And that's by the way, 
You don't deserve to win, and yet you still won. <laughs> Karmically, I was going to say that's why you didn't win, but you, you, you ended up winning the game. Not quite the same thing, but you like Patriots fans booing Tom Brady. It's just it's not on. But in terms before of before the, the game, that's my point. Yes. Before the game, when he walks out of the tunnel, come yeah. on. You don't want to cheer him fine. You don't want to cheer him fine. Don't boo him. With the false starts that you mentioned, that was the thing that I noticed is that they were breaking the huddle with like 12, 10, 12 seconds yeah, left awful. every single play. The whole offense was out of yeah. sync. It's clear, like They didn't play together in all the preseason. They'll get, he's too good. Yep. Sutton and Judy are too good. Let's move on here. Javante Williams, who a lot of people had as um, – anyway, I, I think we both agree, just to put a bow on it, if you have Russell Wilson as your only fantasy quarterback – Better days are ahead. Don't panic. I think it will be all right. Um, Javante Williams, 7 for 43, but 11 receptions for 65 yards. Had he scored on the goal line, which, again, we thought was a fluky play, he would have finished as the second-best running back in PPR, right? Ended up finishing his running back 12, which is around where he he went. I think if you have Javante Williams, you have to feel pretty good about the fact that he led all running backs in both targets and receptions in this game. He had more goal line carries than Melvin Gordon. Yep. The fact that he fumbled is not ideal, but uh, I thought this was, I thought there was more positives than negatives for Javante Williams in this game. I would just be a little bit concerned that the game never really got out of hand with the score, and he still only had seven rushing attempts, and every time he got the ball for a rushing play, it looked like Jonathan Taylor out there. Like, he was gashing that defense, and they still weren't giving him the heavy carries. Melvin Gordon outrushes him in terms of attempts, 12 to 7, and with that, Beats him in rushing yards as well. But the, the 11 receptions are the story. That's the thing. And only two receptions from Melvin Gordon. So if you just look in terms of totality, you're looking at 19 touches to 14 for Melvin Gordon, which, by the way, is a split, which is, by the way, one of the reasons why I didn't have Javante Williams as a top 10 running back. Melvin Gordon's going to be a thing. Like, I think what we saw there, and we could go through and look through. I haven't looked up the snaps here. Maybe, uh, maybe Blake can keep me honest here. But my sense of just watching the game, 65-35 in favor of Javante Williams, maybe 60-40, you know, somewhere in that range, which is, like, if you had to pick a Broncos running back to start, you're wanting Javante Williams, but is Melvin Gordon usable as a flex most weeks? Probably. Probably. Last night, the betting lines, they closed. Javante Williams, his rushing total was 60.5. Melvin Gordon was 38.5. That's too big of a disparity. That's going to be closer, and I expect that they will bunch together as the season goes on. Now, the running back on the other side, Rashad Penny, who again, all he did was gash the Denver defense whenever he got an opportunity. But apparently Pete Carroll wouldn't give the chefs out to Russell Wilson, but he's willing to give it to Geno Smith to let Geno cook. Geno had 28 pass attempts in a game they led from the start, and they only ran the ball 19 times. I'm shocked by that. I would have expected it to be flipped. Even in the fourth quarter when they're burning clock, let's give it to Geno. Let him cook three plays in a row. There's literally Very surprised. There's not one coaching decision that happened last night that I went like, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Very strange. Like I, don't, like, like, I don't think I know enough about NFL football to be an, a head coach. I don't. I, ge- I genuinely don't. I don't. But then I watch games like that. I'm like, <laughs> I could coach an NFL team. Let's give the ball uh, to the running back. Yes. Hey, that guy who's doing good, keep doing that. Very strange. Very strange. Because it's but, not like he was getting stuffed. He had a big run negated by a holding penalty yeah. as well. He looked like the Rashad Penny. From the last six weeks of last season, the best running back in the NFL wasn't Jonathan Taylor. It was Rashad Penny. He was averaging over six yards per carry on insane volume. And he looked play-by-play the same guy. He certainly did. He averaged five yards a carry in this particular game against a good Broncos defense, right? He he had 12 carries, 60 yards. He broke off that 26-yarder. Look, to your point, he also had the... um, The holding penalty brings it back. The holding penalty brings it back. 
This guy, you know, he's proven himself. He's a former first-round pick. Kenneth Walker was in, it was uh, scratched before the game. But listen, they like Travis Homer on third down. He played. He was in on all third downs, third down plays. So that's going to limit Penny's upside when Kenneth Walker comes back. I think that's going to limit it as well. I do. We're going to get to waivers later in the show. Kenneth Walker, if he's out there in your league, is somebody that I think you can stash because talking to people around Seattle, they're very excited about Kenneth Walker. No disrespect to Rashad Penny, but I do think that's going to be a little bit more of a committee. So something to think about there. So good and bad for Rashad Penny. Let's talk about Geno Smith and DK Metcalf. Um, in terms of DK Metcalf, here was, the, here was the positives. Seven targets, seven receptions, both team highs. Bad. 36 receiving yards in a game in which Geno looked good and they led and they were you know and they were they were moving the ball effectively. Does Geno Smith's performance last night, where he was competent? Let's let's be clear. You know he mm. was competent. By the way, and Geno Smith with the one of the all-time great post-game quotes. Amazing. Right? Yeah. They wrote me off, but I didn't write back. I didn't write back. Straight fire from yeah. Geno Smith. Print like, the t-shirts now. Absolutely. That yeah. is that is a meme. I, I mean, I posted it on my. <laughs> My Instagram as well, like, you know, at Matthew Barry TMR, if you'd like to throw, give me a follow. Like, I just straight fire. Great quotes. Right. You know, like, I'm going to use that in my real life. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. ESPN wrote me off, but I didn't write back. <laughs> you know what I mean? If N- when, when NBC gets tired of me, which is probably about 20 minutes from now, NBC wrote me off, but I didn't write back. I'm just telling you, um, that was you a know. fire quote from Do you Gino. Know? You know was Geno Smith good enough? Sorry, go on. What are you going to say? I was going to say, do you know the two highest-rated quarterbacks by PFF were this week? No. Josh Allen and Geno Smith. It wasn't just that he was an incredible completion percentage. He has the broken play yeah, to Will yeah, Disley yeah. where he really should have been sacked. He was just throw-by-throw throw really good. He uh, was. And they get the, the Metcalf fumble, destroys one drive. But, look, I think Geno, I didn't think he had that game in him all season. And the fact that he did, that shows that Metcalf... Lock it to a lesser extent. They might have more of a ceiling than you would anticipate. And to the contrary, Rashad Penny, perhaps a lower floor than you'd anticipate. But I think Metcalf is clearly the guy that you want. Uh, eight guys saw yes. at least two targets last night. Metcalf was the only guy with more than four, and he had seven. So I think DK Metcalf is clearly the focal point of the passing game. I would agree with that. I mean, that was how they were ranked in the preseason as well for me uh, in terms of... Um you know, in terms of, of the pass catchers, we think DK has a lot more uh, touchdown equity and potential upside there. I think he's just a better player. And I like yeah, D- I like Ty Lockett. Ty Lockett is a good wide receiver, but DK is special, right? Yeah. And so, bad fumble there. But I think the positives, like I'm not rushing the waiver wire to pick up Gina Smith. If you lost Dak Prescott, I think there are better options out there. But I thought, to your point, he was competent enough to keep this offense afloat. Denver's a good defense, and that's an emotional game. It's his first start in a long time. I mean, he started a few games last year when Russell was out, but it's his first start as the guy. He won this job in training camp. They come to the season saying, we're not training for Garoppolo. We're not trying to get anyone else. Like, this is Geno Smith's team this year. And so he comes into this game, and here comes Russell Wilson. Here comes number three, you know, and it's a big emotional game. You see it right there. They wrote me off. I didn't write back, though. Geno Smith on people doubting him. Just an absolute fire quote and a big-time performance from him, NFL-wise, uh, in a game in which all eyes were on Russell Wilson. It could be I – can, I can get where that would sort of freak you out a little bit. You see across the you know way that's the guy you shared a locker room for a number of years. Um, by the way, over his last nine starts, Geno 9-0 against the spread. Yeah, there, you go. there he is. There he is. The gambling man. Yeah, exactly. Geno ATS. Um Shout out to, I want to give a real quick shout out to Evan Silva, our friend Evan Silva from Establish the Run, a RotoWorld.com alumnus. 
And uh, Evan pointed out in his column this week that uh, that he thought Will Disley was a nice sleeper yeah. in uh, in especially in one game slates. He um, talked about the fact how Disley uh, was signed up to a big contract. He's a better blocker than Noah Fant, all of which is factually correct. What do you know? It was a broken play, but still Disley gets into the end zone. Uh, shout out to Evan. Great call by him. But more importantly, is Will Disley, this is somebody who had fantasy success at one point in his career. Now, it's been a few years, but I still have Will Disley on a deep dynasty league team because I've always sort of believed in his talent. He's had some bad injuries over the years, but... Is Disley potentially on the radar? And I think he is. If you're in a deep, tight end premium league, if you're in one of Michael Smith's crazy 20-team leagues, yeah, why not? could Will I mean, Disley got, become a thing this year? He got the snaps. I'm not sure right. he's going to become a capital T thing, Will right, Disley, yeah. but he might be a yeah, lowercase t thing. And I think, look, there's not necessarily more certainty in that situation, but on the other side... The Broncos played about 15 tight ends last night. We were still able to get our Albert over bet home yeah. with the receiving yards, but I'd be a little bit concerned about that situation where, you know, I think we both liked Albert O as a deeper tight end uh, in the preseason. And look, he got his snaps towards the end, but they were playing a lot of tight ends. Uh, is, was there anything else that stood out from Monday night uh, in terms of Colin Sutton, Jerry yeah. Judy, and of those guys. I, no, I mean, Judy scores the touchdown. I'm still not as bullish on him. Like, it, it was great run up to the catch right there with Judy. But I feel like, again, I'm still Sutton over Judy if I'm sitting there looking for uh, the Denver pass catchers there. Um, sort of interesting there. I mean, Albert over gets there. But a lot of tight end usage uh, just spread it around. Quite a bit. I mean, you know, that was one of the other concerns. Andrew, uh, Andrew Beck gets three Beck. targets there, right? I mean, you know, so uh, Andrew Beck suddenly was sort of interesting <laughs> Interesting there. Uh, one last note on terms of the um, uh, running back usage. I was right. So uh, uh, Damien uh, texted me here and says 58% snaps for Javante, 40% for Melvin Gordon. So yep. literally like a 60-40 split, the other 2%, Mike Boone, who gets in there for a couple of carries, uh, a couple of touches, I should say. Uh, but I, I don't know. The, the only thing on, on Gino, and this will be interesting to see, so Denver dominated time possession in, in this particular game. Yep. So, I mean, they were very – Seattle was – when they didn't have the long play from Disley, you know, it was sort of – it was quick to your point. They, they passed a lot more than I think people thought here. I don't know that that's always the case, right? You know, um, so I do think there's a bit of a – they got more people involved than I thought they would. Gino was sort of spreading it around. Like, I mean, Colby Parkinson got a couple of targets, right? Like Marquise Goodwin showed up there. Um, D. Eskridge was on the field. Yes. Like, we got a D. Eskridge of, signing. A lot of famous names there, Marquise Goodwin. I'm just D. saying, like, yeah. it just it, it didn't feel like previous Seattle offenses where it was Lockett and Metcalf, Metcalf yep. and Lockett, and that was it. Um, Noah Fant, by the way, just four targets um, on that one. Will Disley got three, and he was the better uh, fantasy option last night, so something to watch going forward. I would be nervous if I had Noah Fant as my only fantasy tight end this year. Definitely. All right, let's get into some headlines. Yep, the big from RotoWorld.com. Yep. RotoWorld headlines. They want you to do the branding, be a company guy. I know you do 8 billion podcasts, but on this one, <laughs> we try to promote RotoWorld. The RotoWorld headlines. Mm-hmm. Dak Prescott, who's been the big story out of week one, definitely the biggest story overall. Yeah. I think he underwent surgery on a fractured thumb, targeting week eight as a possible return. But Dr. Jerry Jones says that he might be back within four weeks. I mean, what do you make of this situation? I hope not. Yeah. Think about Russell Wilson, like as long as we're talking about Russell Wilson. So last year, Russell Wilson hurt his throwing hand, came back again. 
different player, slightly different injury. Uh, <clears throat> uh, maybe we'll get Mike Ryan on here during the week to, to talk a little bit more about the injury. But the fact is, is that you think about Russell Wilson in those first two games back after, and he came back around that same time. I think he came back in four games, yep. right? There was, he missed three games and there was a bye week in there. So I think he missed four games. In his first two games after the injury, he was quarterback 26, right? He completed 51% of his passes. DK Metcalf averaged 6.4 fantasy points per game. I hope they take the time to let Dak heal because yep. I don't – I think it's going to be at least six weeks. Again, I'm not a doctor like apparently Jerry Jones is. I'm not a doctor, right? But I think as we see the footage here of Dak getting hurt, uh, feel, feels like it gets uh, – yeah, gets bent back there a little bit. Reminiscent of the Aaron Donald play on Drew Brees. Yeah, just, yeah just, a, just a tough, tough hit. Over the years – the Cowboys without Dak Prescott average almost five points less per game. Uh, they're, it's a 17 to 10 passing touchdown uh, rate as opposed to 143 to 51. You know, they go from 258 passing yards per game with Dak to 216 without. You see it on your screen right here. They're five and seven in the last two seasons when Dak Prescott has not pay, played. This is bad news across across the board. Yeah, they're now the fourth favorite in the NFC East behind the New York Giants and your Washington Commanders and, of course, the Eagles. And I think the thing to remember here is that the Cowboys aren't good enough to do anything this year with a wounded Dak Prescott. He needs to get right. They looked really bad against the Bucs even before he went down. And from a betting perspective, the way I'd look at that is... Look at the teams that now get to avoid Dak Prescott, most likely. So, you know, you look at that, like the Bengals this week. They go from pick to minus seven. It's a touchdown swing when you get to face Cooper Rush instead of Dak Prescott. And, you know, I was talking to some friends about this last night. Like, we were talking about the coach of the year market. Can't believe you're bragging about having friends. But, all right, go ahead. A lot of my conversations, I just have, like, gambling friends now. So, they'll ask me, like, I was It's not really friends. They're degenerates. It's like... You're just... These are, like... These are, like... These are just... These are, like, degenerates. This is, like, a... Yeah. All right, it's a support group is what it is. Well, they'll ask me, like, Jay, how are your three daughters? And I'll be like, listen, Nick Sirianni's part the coach right, of the right, year yeah, yeah, has yeah. really opened up without Dak yeah, Prescott in the NFC. So, look, I think the two favorites right now for coach of the year should be Nick Sirianni and Kevin O'Connell. And Kevin O'Connell is going to have to play Dak Prescott later in the season. And Nick Sirianni probably won't in the first matchup there. That's a touchdown swing for both of those games. Yeah. So that's the stuff to really look at. Uh, and, yeah, I, I'm not feeling good about this Cowboys season when you're, at all. When you're crunching nerdy stuff like that, like mm. in terms of who's going to have to face Dak and Coach of the Year props, future props, it makes me – are you sure you have three daughters? I do. Like, I have can three you, like, daughters. If, like if your wife showed up here and said, you know, we have four or yeah. two – like, I'd what are the odds? Because I think, yeah. I, I don't, could you name them all right now? I would set the over-under for my daughters at two and a half. Right, And fair. I would take the you over. You would take the over. But the over is only like minus 5,000. I it's understand. It's not like minus 25,000. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't think you know all the three names of your daughters. I think you have a cheat sheet um, <laughs> to have to pay attention to. But this is why we love you, because you're, you're all in on the betting. You study it really hard. Look at the team. Here's the, so the thought process here is that if he's not going on the IR, Okay, that's interesting. So that is material. It is material, which means there is a chance that he could come back within four weeks. I just think if he comes back and he has... Do you reckon Jerry's making that decision? Like, no, Dak doesn't get to go in the IR because yeah, I think he can come back. Do you understand how much I'm paying him? <laughs> yeah. Have you seen Cooper Rush play football? <laughs> yeah. Hell whole, no. Whole franchise is like, oh, Dak's going to be out six weeks. We'll put him on the IR. Mm-hmm. Jerry, no, he'll be back in three. Okay. So I just want to talk about this, though. So you look at the schedule. To your point about the schedule, let's say he, comes, he misses in four weeks. So... 
Bengals, Giants, Commanders. Those are the next three. Yep. Woohoo! My Commanders get yeah, Cooper Rush. Hail the Commanders! That's Hail victory! Swing. By the way, Commanders played Detroit this week. A tough Detroit team, but a beatable Detroit team. Yep. Like, Lines minus one and a half. I, I'm, Very close. I'm just saying, Commanders could be you know, could oh be Commanders could be three and one after four weeks. I'm saying New Jersey. A lot um, just saying, I'm, we got a lot of jerseys here for me to pick from. Um, all right. Uh, but anyway, they pay. They play the. They play the Rams. Uh, in week five, at the Rams, at the Eagles, home to the Lions. Week eight against the Bears. They have a bye in week nine. Week ten at Green Bay. I mean, I week. Think about this. Let's pretend he comes back when we think he's going to come back. Maybe he doesn't make it at week eight for the Bears, and he takes the bye. So, week ten at Green Bay. You don't love that matchup in, at Lambeau, especially for a first game back. Then he's at the Vikings, home to the Giants. All right, good. You see the. You see it here on your screen here, right? At Eagles, Lions in Week Eight, home to the home to the Lions and Bears. You would love if he was there in Week Seven or Eight, but we're just not convinced. You're not using him at, for at least the first six weeks because even if he comes back in four, you're not playing him at the Rams, and you're likely not playing up the Eagles. Yep, playing him. So now the first week is you get him is at Week Seven, and then you look at the next four games. Let's pretend Jerry Jones is right. Fine, Doctor Jones is right. Home to the Lions, great. Home to the Bears, good. Fine. Then there's a bye at Packers at Vikings. Two of those four games, you would feel comfortable starting him, you know, given the health. If I'm in a one-quarterback league and I need the roster spot, I have no problem dropping Dak Prescott. Again, assuming it's a non-keeper league, assuming it's a redraft league, assuming it's like a 12- or 10-team league and it's not some crazy 16- or 20-team league, even a 14-team league, like you can hang on to him. Um, but that's one of those things where, where if you need the roster spot, if you if you also lost Elijah Mitchell and – you know, you're sitting there looking around. I would not feel like there's no way I can drop Dak Prescott. Yeah, and the other, the other thing there is that Dak Prescott, his context this year is a lot worse than it was last year. There's no Tyron Smith for a long time. The receiving core is a lot worse. So don't just expect him to be the guy that flirts with 5,000 yards. Another guy who's banged up, Najee right, by the way, Harris. And he's, he's got... He's got, by the way, he's got Nathaniel Hackett East as a head coach and Mike McCarthy. <laughs> Mike McCarthy's coaching so many teams in the NFL this year. It's unbelievable. Unreal. But I literally, when I saw that last night with Hackett, like that total brain fart, I'm, it is, right? And I'm just like, you're Mike McCarthy. <laughs> yeah. You're Mike McCarthy. <gasps> Poor Mike McCarthy. I, he's the go-to now. He's I'm not a Mike McCarthy fan. I don't know if you've told. Yeah, you know. Free Aaron Jones. <laughs> I'm still bitter about that. He had Aaron Jones for years on his roster and wouldn't like free him. And it cost him his job as well it should have. By the way, um, uh, that's where Free Aaron Jones started, by the way, on my old podcast. Yeah. Like, I, I started that. Hashtag Free Aaron Jones. Because well, it's like, be we're like look at this guy. He is so good. Why will you not give him work? Yeah. And then whatever. Matt LaFleur gave him work, and what do you know? He like, might need a refraying after week one against the Vikings. Now, another running back, Najee Harris, is expected to play week two. He was reportedly in a walking boot post-game, but all tests came back negative. It seems like every single week we do a segment on Najee Harris and his Liz Frank and the walking boot. Are you worried about Najee Harris? Sure. You know, I mean... Why is he hurt all the time? All the time. But it is what it is. I mean, it's good that he's going to be able to play. I will say this, and we're going to get to the waiver wires, and Jalen Warren's on there, but I'm just telling you, like, do better than Jalen Warren. And it's nothing against Jalen Warren. This is a bad offensive line. I think it will be somewhat of a committee. They gave Chase Claypool six rushes, and I don't know how much of that was like, oh, Najee. But I think that's. I think they want to do that. I think they're going to try to make him Debo light, for a, a lack of a better way to phrase it. And so you're going to have Chase Claypool getting some, some carries. Mitch Trubisky is a, a fairly uh, mobile quarterback, so he could vulture some goal line work. You've got Jalen Warren. Benny Snell will get a handful. I just... 
Najee bust for me. Yeah. I, I don't, if I'm if I'm starting a Steelers running back not named Najee Harris, things have gone horribly wrong. Yeah, I think with Najee Harris, the issue is is that he has such a, a narrow path to efficiency in terms of averaging four and a half yards per yeah, carry. Yeah, I don't yeah. think that's going to happen. So his path to value is just sheer volume. And if he's getting hurt every single week, then I worry about his body holding up to a a volume-dependent workload. Just quickly, before we go to break, Mac Jones underwent tests on his back. He should be fine to practice today and play. As soon as that news came out, the line moved from pick to Patriots minus one and a half in Pittsburgh. So when that happens, it usually means Mac Jones is going to play. You like the Steelers there, do you? Yes! Yeah, plus one and a half. Right with Mitch. At home. Getting Getting points. It's a little surprising, isn't it? This is So I want to give a shout-out to my buddy Chris Berman. This is, a, this is an old boomer rule. This is Swami. This is a Swami rule. Yeah. When a team with a winning record is getting points against a team with a losing record, you take the winning team, even no matter how ugly it looks, no matter how, like, you just do it. That's just one of those rules, and you take it, it hits about two out of, two out of three times. That's kind so of feel. The, the Steelers are at home, right? They're at home. Steelers at home get, getting one and a half yeah. against an 1-0 Steelers team, getting one and a half against a 0-1 Patriots team. I, I mean, what about these Patriots offense made you – like, the Steelers' defense is pretty good. Yeah. Like, again, we can talk about the – you know, whatever. Like, a lot of, needed, like, two missed field goals and a missed extra point from the Bengals to win that game. But whatever. Hmm. Steelers' defense is pretty good, and I get it. They won't have T.J. Watt. But still, yes. I want that line right now. Patriots I, scored seven points against the Dolphins. The total in that game is 40 and a half. So it's going to be a low-scoring, ugly battle. Give me Steelers 2019. They, they, absolutely, Steelers. I'm, ta- I'm right now. Steelers plus one and a half. I want that bet. Uh, last thing here, real quickly before we go to break. Uh, two wide receiver injuries. Chris Godwin, from bad to worse. Here, here's a quote from co- uh, head coach Todd Bowles. I don't think quote Godwin's injury is as serious as we thought it was. It all depends on how his treatment goes and how he heals. Hopefully, we'll have him back sooner than later. He left the game with a hamstring injury in the first half against Dallas. He was playing about 68 percent of the snaps pre-injury. And then missed seven of the last eight games after that hamstring injury. He's coming off the ACL tear and got the hammy now. I, I, I will just say this about Godwin. Hope he gets back soon. You don't have him this week. I want one game. Give me one game before I'm – let me see him out on the field healthy and being Chris Godwin-like before I'm ready to, to put him back into my lineup. Feels like right now – I mean, listen, tough game for Brady, but feels like uh, Mike Evans is the only – uh, Buccaneers pass catcher that you can trust here. Yep, and Julio Jones would probably be the guy after him at this point with how he looked. All right, we're going to go to he break. He did look good, but like, are you still trusting Julio? I feel I like I want him. one more game on yeah. Julio. Yeah, that's I want fair. one more game with Julio. I, it'll be Julio. It'll be Russell Gage. It'll be Uncle Lenny out of the backfield. Be a lot of guys there. Rashad White they like there. I could see Julio Jones in a deeper league. Like I'm going to rank him somewhere in the 30 to 40 range this week. But right now, before buys, I'm. Um, I want one more week out of Julio to uh, hold up. When we come back, it is waiver wire day, the first waivers of the season. Go get your players. If you're sitting there without an Elijah Mitchell, without a Chris Godwin, without a Keenan Allen, you need a quarterback because you lost Dak Prescott. We got your names for you when we return. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. 
Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. For over 130 years, McCormick has helped you make mom's lasagna to keep her secret recipe alive. Take over taco night. No matter how chaotic your day is. Conquer the bake sale. Even if you get to it last minute. And craft the perfect Sunday brunch when it's not even Sunday. Because with McCormick by your side, it's going to be great. And, and what's your comfort level now with the guys you have behind him, Jeff Wilson and Mason and Davis Price? Um, I mean, we've always been comfortable with Jeff just because of his experience and what he's done here. I and mean, we know what we're going to get. Uh, the other two guys... I mean, they made our team for a reason. Uh, they're two talented players who we think can help us a lot running the ball. Um, but they got to grow up fast. Um, you know, they're, they're trying to compete and learn how to play better without the ball in their hand. How much do you look at, at Debo's impact and obviously Trey's running ability as a way to sort of adapt without Elijah? Um, yeah, that's always always an option. But, yeah, I mean, you need to get that production from running backs too. Um, so, I mean, I thought we got that production. That is the voice of Kyle Shanahan, head coach, talking about potential uh, options for them given the injury to Elijah Mitchell, who looks like he's going to miss about eight weeks. He has gone officially on injured reserve. Here's the thing about Kyle Shanahan is that usually when he picks – he uses multiple running backs, but when he picks one guy, he usually goes with a guy. Jeff Wilson, next in line, played more than 50% of the snaps after Elijah Mitchell went out. As Kyle referenced in the, in the sound that we heard – He's been there. He knows the team. He knows the system. He's the guy. To me, he's the number one pickup this week if you need a running back this week. Yep. I don't think Jeff Wilson Jr. is particularly great, but he is the guy, and he'll get volume in a San Francisco 49ers offense. There's not much – like, I much prefer him to a Jalen Warren, e- even if Najee Harris were going to miss time. Yeah, there's a coolness on the Niners in general because, you know, they lost to the Chicago Bears as six-and-a-half-point favorites. That's not ideal. At the same time, of all the good teams that lost, I would give them the most benefit of the doubt. One, Trey Lance, it's his first game. Really weird, bad conditions. That total fell out of the sky to 37-and-a-half. So I wouldn't be riding off the Niners right. yet. I still think that should be a good offense. And they hopefully get George Kittle back as well, yep. who's a really good run blocker uh, as well. Well, uh, yeah, they'll they'll have you'll see Debo and Trey Lance involved in the run game here. They're at home to Seattle eight as well. Eight and a half point favorites. Eight yep. and a half point favorites. So yep. we expect them to be up. We expect them to be running. Jeff Wilson Jr. is my number one running back. Add if, and this is a huge if, James Robinson is taken in your league. Yeah. If James Robinson's out there, by the way, he's available in about forty percent of Yahoo leagues. We usually use fifty percent as a cutoff, so we're not talking about Robinson specifically. But he is available in forty percent of Yahoo leagues. He's out there probably in a decent number and other, uh, on other platforms as well. Um, if he's available, he's the number one waiver ad. Yep. He's, worth a big, he's worth a big amount of free agent budget. He's worth the number one waiver ad because James Robinson is going to be the leading running back for the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars as Travis Etienne. As we talked about all preseason, and then Stephen D'Agostino stole him from me in our show draft, and so... That's why Steven's down on the show today. Yeah. FYI. He's Not out. a big deal. He's, he's out. He's done. Right. He's, he's working unbuttoned. <laughs> and miserable. And miserable. Because, you know, Sims is right, a, a taskmaster. Kenneth right. Gainwell. Yes, sir. Next guy. Any interest in Kenneth Gainwell after what he did against the Lions? I am. Again, I think it's important to understand as you head to the waiver wire, what are you do- looking for? Are you looking, look, hey, I need someone this week. I just lost Elijah Mitchell. I might not have Najee Harris, whatever. Like, if you need somebody this week, Jeff Wilson's the guy. If you're just like, you know what, I'm good. 
I'm just looking for a bench stash. I think Kenneth Gainwell is pretty interesting. 31% of the offensive snaps in week number one. Uh, they play the Vikings this week. Just a lot of 73 receiving yards to A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones in week one. And Gainwell's a nice player who has a role carved out for him. Miles Sanders has had trouble staying healthy throughout his career. We know that's a really good offensive line in Philadelphia. We know they want to run the ball. They're not scared to give it to him at the goal line. I mean, he scored a rushing touchdown against Detroit. Everyone scored a rushing touchdown against Detroit. But I do think Kenneth Gainwell, if I'm looking for somebody with long-term to stash, he would be the next guy. After that, how about Khalil Herbert, right? David Montgomery. um, I don't think David Montgomery's good at football. No, I I I think he's fine. I think he's just a guy. I know there are big David Montgomery fans out there. I'm not one of them. Here's a guy that led the team in rushing yards. Khalil Herbert led the Chicago Bears in rushing yards despite having eight less carries than David Montgomery. He's better. He's a better football player than than David Montgomery. He had 2.2 yards uh, after contact per attempt. David Montgomery is 1.4. Just quickly on Kenneth Gainwell, going back to him. Yes, sir. One thing, the Philadelphia Eagles, they are 100% going to be favored in their next eight games. Eight games in a row. And there is a chance, it is in play, that the Eagles are favored at the line in every single game this season. That's how bad their schedule is. Their two hardest games are home to Green Bay and at Dallas. It's in play. They could be favored for all 17 games this year, which means more rushing uh, attempts, better game script, more touchdowns. Okay, jumping ahead to uh, one of your favorites, Rex Burkhead. Yeah, What are you doing with him? uh, Rex Burkhead. (sighs) All right. This is the tough part of the job. I just want America to realize this is the tough part of the job, okay? And that is, um, which is, I now have to talk up Rex Burkhead. 7,000-year-old Rex Burkhead. But here are the positives, right? He led the team in carries against Indianapolis, a game in which they were leading much of it. He had a 49-19 to edge in terms of total snaps over Damian Pierce, including 100% of the third down work. He got all the two-minute work. He got 71% of the offensive snaps against the Colts. 19 total touches, 70 scrimmage yards. The Texans are going to be a, a competent offense. They're not going to be a disaster of an offense. Okay. I don't think they're going to be great, mm. but I, I do. I, the Colts are a decent defense. They moved the ball against, like, Pepe. Like, Davis Mills is better than expected. Davis yeah. Mills is better than expected. We like Brandon Cooks there. They do have a weapon in, in um, uh, you, you know, in Pierce. O.J. Howard, the ghost of O.J. Howard, scored two <laughs> he's, touchdowns he's here. Back. I, I, I don't know about that. But I, the fact is is that for the foreseeable, like, I think there is very low upside on Rex Burkhead. But in ter- he is a starting running back on an NFL team, which means he has value in fantasy. Again, do I like Wilson, Gainwell, and Herbert more than him? I do. Um, but I think that we're lowering expectations on Damian Pierce, and I do think Rex Burkhead have some value veteran presence he's really good in pass pro and that matters when you have a young quarterback i just worried that that might have been the best rex burkhead game in terms of favorable script and he had 70 scrimmage yards no touchdowns there's a huge potential as well that he loses the job as the season he's fourth on the list yeah yeah he's fourth on the list jay yeah he's fourth yeah he's fourth all right jamal Uh, williams who uh, vultured a couple touchdowns from our man deandre swift Played 33% of the snaps, so I don't know that you love that except in a slightly deeper league, but I do think he has value because DeAndre Swift has dealt with uh, has dealt with injuries in his career. And listen, that's a really good offensive line. They're obviously comfortable giving it to him on the goal line. Jamal Williams is a good running back. He's not as good as DeAndre Swift, but mo- most running backs in the NFL aren't. That's not a knock on Jamal Williams. So I do think he's really interesting as sort of a stash, more of a later uh, later season stash. He's probably already taken in uh, deeper leagues as well, but I do think he's interesting. We touched on Jalen Warren as well. If you need a guy, but I'm 
I'm avoiding the Steelers running back situation that isn't named Najee Harris. Interesting music choice from the producers over that graphic, going with the uh, Berlin nightclub music I, I, over uh, Jamal Williams and DeAndre here. Swift. By the way, so many, so many people say, um, hey, pick up these guys, pick up these guys. But, hey, who am I dropping? I'll give you two guys that are rostered in over 50% of Yahoo leagues that I'm okay with you dropping. I'm not advocating that you must drop these guys, but if they're on your roster, if you're looking for an open spot, you don't have a, you know, Elijah, you can't throw somebody on the IR to create a roster spot. Uh, I think James Cook, who, you know, had just two snaps against the Rams, you know, he lost a fumble in his first snap. It's going to take a while for you to get the trust of Josh Allen and uh, Sean McDermott. So I think it's a little while. Love him still in Dynasty. I think it's going to be a little bit, of, a, little bit of a, t- a while for James Cook to see meaningful snaps with the Bills. And Raheem Mostert, who I love, but had just five carries compared to Chase Edmonds' 12. We know Edmonds more involved in the passing game. And that's a game in which the Dolphins, you know, pretty handily controlled. Yeah, I would just be worried. I think that's a passing offense now under yeah. Mac McDaniel. 33 pass attempts for Tua to 23 rushing attempts for the team. I think it's just a more progressive offense, and I'm not sure that it's going to be able to uh, support two running backs. It's the Chase Edmonds show, as you like to say, follow the money. They yeah. paid the man, and they ran he it. Had one tar- he ran 14 routes. He had one target. I do like Mostert as a talent, um, but... Again, and so I would prefer to dr- drop Cook over Mostert, and hopefully yep. you don't have to drop anyone. You, you can just throw somebody in an IR spot, but um, if you need to, there's some guys. Okay, let's go to wide receivers, and our number one wide receiver is Russell Gage. I, again, I don't know that I'm necessarily immediately trusting him, but with the Chris Godwin injury, there is going to be um, some opportunities there and what we expect to be a pretty pass-heavy offense there in Tampa Bay. Top four in terms of wide receiver targets and receptions, yards, and touchdowns in 2021. They throw a lot. Last season, when he got six or more targets, he averaged 16.6 fantasy points per game. He's solid. Yep. There's no upside to Russell Gage, but like if you need like a here's a you need a floor wide receiver, that's Russell Gage. Yeah, and I think we talk about uh, the Miami offense not being able to support two running backs. A Tom Brady offense can absolutely support three wide receivers, uh, and that will be Evans, Gage, and Julio, who look better than expected. Uh, against the Cowboys. Now, another guy who's going to be very popular is Josh Palmer, particularly this week as a streaming option if Keenan Allen misses against Kansas City. How high are you on Josh Palmer? Yeah, I'm pretty high. Look, we talked a lot about DeAndre Carter yesterday and and yesterday's show as well, but um, I think in terms of volume last season, um, when Keenan Allen or Mike Williams was out, we expect Keenan Allen to be out on Thursday. As you mentioned, we didn't get to the hamstring injury, but short turnaround, left the game. They played the Thursday night game against the Chiefs. He averaged 16.4 fantasy points per game when either Keenan Allen or Mike Williams is out again. We expect Keenan Allen to be out on Thursday. Palmer had a great preseason. I know DeAndre Carter caught the touchdown. Um, I prefer Josh Palmer. And I actually will say that, again, as we sort of talk about bench stash versus do I need to start, it's all about roster construction. If I need somebody this week, give me Josh Palmer in a high-scoring game against the Chiefs, then Russell Gage, who's fine. You know what I mean? Who's solid? If I need more bench depth, if I need like, hey, I got a bunch of high upside, high variance guys. I just need a floor guy. Russell Gage is somebody that I would mention. Let's move to my commanders. Hail to the commanders. My 1-0 commanders. My tied for first place (laughs) in the division commanders. Hail to the commanders. Hail victory. Um, Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel played 71% of the offensive snaps. Jay, Curtis Samuel looked healthy. He looked good, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Eight. Receptions, 55 yards and a touchdown. Gets 11 targets. He's also their backup running back, effectively. Uh, And also, I hate to say this to you with all these jerseys behind you, but 
Washington offense might be good. It might actually be pretty good. There's a lot of pieces there. Here for Scott Terry McLaurin, Johan Dotson. Johan Dotson's now the favorite for Offensive Rookie of the Year. After yeah. one week, he's the favorite. He's jumped everyone. So uh, I think that there might be some room to move for Curtis Samuel. Yeah, I, I, I think so too. 11 targets against Jacksonville. I think this is going to be a pass-happy offense. I think whatever we collectively as a community think about Carson Wentz, <laughs> I think in Washington – no, I think in Washington, they're like, we've got a quarterback. Yeah. Like, we've got a real quarterback. All due respect to Dwayne Haskins and Taylor Heineke and Alex Smith and Kyle Allen and, and Garrett Gilbert and some of the guys they've run out there the last couple of years. Carson Wentz, again, we always talk about, a, he's a real quarterback. With He has a big arm. He can make all the throws. Does he make some boneheaded mistakes? He does. But um, even after two bad interceptions, they dialed up some big pass plays. One to McLaurin down the right side. Uh, Jahan Dotson on the left side, like, they feel like they've got a quarterback there, and they're going to open it up. Curtis Samuel, of course, coming from Carolina the way that Ron Rivera and Scott Turner did as well. Speaking of Jahan Dotson, he's available in 76% of leagues. This is a guy who was the 17th best wide receiver in fantasy. Again, he scored, the touch, he scored the two touchdowns on five targets. I don't know that you expect that kind of efficiency, but I will tell you that he, after Terry McLaurin, he played the most offensive snaps. He played 68. McLaurin played 69. He's an every-down player for a team that threw the ball over 40 times last week, and I will tell you from training camp, Dotson, was, this is not a fluke. They love him there in Washington. I know a lot of the people on that staff, they do nothing but rave about Jahan Dotson. feel a lot better about Jahan Dotson than I do George Pickens, for instance, who's wide receiver three in that Pittsburgh offense. Also feel better about Dotson than the next guy we're going to talk about, Romeo Dobbs in Chicago, who had four receptions, 37 yards. He didn't do nothing, but I would take Dotson over Dobbs at this point. Fair, but 15% target share in his NFL debut. Bad game for Aaron Rodgers. Again, remember week one last year. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers is brutal. 38-3, and then they came out. Like, he's still, let's get Alan Lazard back there. Let's get that offense. They are at home this week on Sunday night on NBC. Yeah. Home to the Bears. 10-point favorites. 10-point favorites. Come on. Aaron Rodgers in prime time at home in Lambeau after being embarrassed. What do you think he does? Yeah, I think he's going to lie. He's a it bad, up. bad man. Yeah, he's a bad man. He's yeah. a bad man. Bad so man. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to give Romeo Dobbs another chance. Available in 66% of leagues. Again, a 15% target share in his NFL, NFL in his NFL debut. Not so bad. Very quickly, I'm going to run up through a couple quick names. Robbie Anderson. He might be back. This is More. a guy who was good, then bad last year, but with Baker. More targets than DJ Moore against Cleveland. And, 32% uh, target share mm. against uh, against uh, the Cleveland Browns. And the Panthers only threw 27 times. Yep. Expectation here is that that increases. So he plays the Giants this week. We like that matchup. Robbie Anderson might be back. We know he's been productive before. DJ Shark got the second most, tar- most targets on the Lions in week one. Played 81% of the offensive snaps. As we wait for Jamison Williams to get back for that Lions offense, DJ Shark is also somebody that has proven successful uh, in his career previously. My old friend Ron Chandler, who does fantasy baseball, always used to say, once you display a skill, you own it. Again, Robbie Anderson has been a fantasy productive wide receiver in the NFL. DJ Shark has been a fantasy productive wide receiver in the NFL. It hasn't been recently, which is why they went so low or they're available, but we know that skill is there. Detroit offense might kind of be good as well. 35 points against the Eagles. Jared Goff, when he's kept clean, is a fine NFL quarterback. That offensive line is good, and I think he can support multiple pass catches. Uh, Offense that might not be that good. Uh, Zay Jones and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence did not look good against your commanders. What are you making of Zay Jones? I like Zay Jones. Nine targets, which was tied for the most among Jacksonville skill players. He ran around on 71% of his snaps. And, like, he's a nice little player. Zay Jones was a second-round pick. It, it, it got weird for him in Buffalo. He's bounced around a little bit. Um, but they signed him. And the thing you have to understand is 
Jacksonville's going to throw. Yep. This is a Doug Peterson offense. Former NFL quarterback Doug Peterson, Andy Reid disciple Doug Peterson, Super Bowl winning coach with Philadelphia Doug Peterson. They want to throw. They're going to have to because of that defense. They have Trevor Lawrence. They have a lot of skilled players. They want to get ETN out in space as well. They're going to set up play action with James Robinson. This is a team that's going to throw. And so I do think we, we all like Christian Kirk. I think Zay Jones I, – I watched that game obviously very closely, you know, in, when the Jaguars got defeated by my Washington Commanders. Hail the Commanders, hail victory. But they were throwing a ton. Average, and honestly, depth, average depth of target for Trevor Lawrence, 10.6 yards through the air. Only Lamar Jackson and Tom Brady threw a deeper on average. There's going to be yards there. Quickly, in terms of potential drops, Kadarius Tony, Devontae Parker, you're dropping either of those guys. I am. Kadarius Tony, wow. just even, even with, listen, I get the upside, right? And so if you want to hang on, but the fact of the matter is, for whatever reason, it does not seem like the New York Giants coaching staff, the new coaching staff of Brian Dayball and his team like him. No. I, I mean, Wandell Ro- they weren't getting anything going. Wandell Robinson leaves that game early, and still Kadarius Tony can't do anything. In a game they won, yeah. right? I mean, they yeah. were moving the ball. And that offense is Saquon Barkley, and I still like Wandell Robinson. He's day-to-day. It doesn't seem like that's real serious. So yep. it just doesn't seem like it's going to happen for Kadarius Tony. As for Devontae Parker, I mean, again, like it's a run-first offense that looks bad in New England, and they've got a lot of guys there. Yep. I, like, I mean, you know, like Hunter Henry and Jacoby, like Jacoby Myers, they got Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar. Like, it's just a lot of guys. I can't imagine Devontae Parker ever having consistent week-to-week fantasy value in that offense. No, I can't, I can't see it either. Okay, let's go to break. When we come back, quarterbacks and tight ends. The Seahawks. The Seahawks absolutely trolling. The Denver Broncos. Seahawks have a good social media. Like, they really uh, don't like Russell Wilson in Seattle. It's no, they, they, uh, they really don't there. The Three Amigos, a movie that was panned when it came <laughs> out, but beloved in Australia. Second only to Point Break. Yes, um, that's the top is, two films is, uh, in Australian yep. film interest history. Okay, quarterbacks. Yes, sir. Jameis Winston, who I think New Orleans so likes. So you might need a quarterback, right? With Dak Prescott, yeah. you know, with the injury, you're probably looking at the quarterback. Again, 50% available in Yahoo!, Jameis, famous Jameis. Yeah, bad for, really bad for three quarters and then came back to crush my Atlanta plus 200 money line at the death. I think the main yeah. thing here is that Jarvis Landry looked really good. Michael Thomas looked better than expected. Chris Olave was fine, top 40 yards. You're buying Jameis. I am. I mean, again, once you display a skill, you've owned it. So, I, like, like, you sort of think about, to your point, Mike, a healthy Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, we like Chris Olave, Alvin Kamara will be yep. better. Dennis Allen said the rib injury that Kamara had doesn't seem serious to be fine they'll get him more involved my only concern is they're playing the Buccaneers this week that's a tough defense obviously so if you're looking for like just a, a streamer this week I think there are other guys I prefer like Carson Wentz all, all commanders jokes aside I prefer Carson Wentz, Wentz at Detroit than Jameis Winston home to um uh home to Tampa Bay but still I do think over the I do think they're gonna have to throw a decent amount I think Winston can be a good quarterback as well so Winston Long-term, Winston would be my guy over Wentz. If you need somebody for this week, Wentz is my streamer for this week. He's also my number two guy. Again, Lions allowed 455 total offensive yards to the Eagles last week. 313 yards and four touchdowns is 313 yards and four touchdowns. I think the Indianapolis Colts might have downgraded at quarterback, generally, with what we saw from Matt Ryan. Carson Wentz uh, looked much better. Now, Marcus Mariota, who... Didn't look great, particularly at the end, but still got the rushing yards. 12 carries for 72 yards. Would you be picking up Marcus Mariota? Again, you don't have to be a good NFL quarterback to be a usable fantasy quarterback. I don't think Marcus Mariota is a good NFL quarterback. I don't. But given the rushing, 
Again, he was 12 for 72 and a touchdown as a rusher in that game and where he broke your heart by losing at the last minute to the New Orleans Saints. Thanks, Bob. Over 200 yards. You know, I just, I just want to point that out there. problem is they're at the Rams. They're at the Rams, an, a Rams team that's had 10 days to, you know, yeah. figure this out. Worth noting, though, Josh Allen, 56 yards and a touchdown as a runner against the Rams in week one. So I do think in a deeper league, Mariota, you could get going there. He's going to be dropping back. The 10.5 point dogs, he's, they're going to be dropping back. He's going to be running as much as he can. You don't have to watch the games. Yep. Again, doesn't have to be pretty. Yeah. There'll be a lot of junk time there. Uh, okay, uh, let's move over to tight end here. And Gerald Everett, who we talked about on Fantasy Football pregame as a potential um, streamer uh, if you lost George Kittle. Yep. Hey, this is a guy that you can go out and pick up. Apparently not everyone listened to us because he's still available in 73% of leagues. You should have. He finishes the fourth best tight end in fantasy last year, three for 54 and a touchdown on four targets. Remember the Chargers last year, top four in the NFL in terms of end zone targets, two opposing tight ends. Everett's a nice player. I'm sorry, they were top six in tight end end zone targets last season. Egalitarian offense, maybe to its detriment. Uh, Justin Herbert is still second favorite to lead the league in passing yards. going to be a lot of passing yards going around against the Kansas City defense. And Everett might be the third pass catcher uh, in that game. With Go Kenan ahead. Allen you can out. read the next one on the list. Yeah. yeah. Logan Thomas Who? at Detroit. One more yeah. time. I didn't hear that name. Uh, LT. The L- original LT. Yeah. Logan Thomas. LT3, Who does baby. he play for? He plays for the Washington Commanders, the 1-0 first place Washington Commanders. Logan Logan Thomas. Thomas. Somebody brought him up in the preseason quite a bit. You should have listened to me. Here's what's important to me, right? He got six targets, third most targets on the team. He was healthy. He was out there. Like, people thought he was going to start the season on the physically unable to perform list. This is a guy who, again, once you display a skill, you own it. He's been a top-10 fantasy tight end in his career two years ago. Dallas Goddard had 60 yards against these Lions in week number one. I think he's an interesting streamer. If you're desperate, Hayden Hurst, you know, Five for 46. He had eight targets. Eight targets. Eight, tar- eight targets is hey eight Higgins. targets. Who knows what's happening there? Exactly. He's in the concussion protocol. We expect uh, the Bengals to have a better game this week uh, against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, and by the way, some potential drops. I think you're okay getting rid of Hunter Henry or Mike Gesicki at tight end. Both guys, I think, will struggle to find fantasy relevance this year. We will be back right after this. Hey, quick question for you, Jay. Uh, do you know Howard D? Yeah, I know Howard D. Right? Howard D's Lutz. (laughs) Will Lutz available in over 90% of leagues. Doesn't have a buy until week 14. If you need a kicker, Will Lutz is your guy. All right, quickly, it is last call. Some early week two lines, Jay, that you like. Yeah, well, after we hit both of our bets yes, on we Monday did. night, Albert over 25 and a half goes 33, catches every line, and then you liked Russell Wilson over 37 and a half longest completion. That bomb to Jerry Judy gets it done. Cash okay. it there. Let's Early make week two lines. Money. Two that stand out to me. Dolphins, Ravens. This open Ravens at home minus four and a half. It's already down to three and a half. I think it will close three. Sharp bettors love the Miami Dolphins. They love what Mike McDaniel is doing. And as producer Pete told us on the call earlier, Try find someone you love as much as the Baltimore Ravens love injuries. They are already banged up. And the last one is the Cardinals at the Raiders. This opened Raiders at home minus three and a half. It's already up to five and a half. That seems really, really big. Yeah. Makes me think there's something wrong in Arizona. Yeah, fair enough. I understand. So are you betting the Raiders there? Uh, no, I'm not going to stay away from that one, but it's just, it's a weird line. Just watch it, see what it does throughout the week. I already said it early in the show, but just to repeat here, give me the Steelers getting one and a half at yes. home against the Patriots. I like that. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. We're back tomorrow on the happy hour. For Jay Croucher, I'm Matthew Berry. Peace out.